This is Story Quest. Brand new stories you'll want to hear again and again. This is the story of how there came to be a leopard in a lighthouse. The lighthouse in question is on a tiny island, far off the northernmost highland coast. And at the start of our story, the leopard is not yet, in fact, in the lighthouse. You'll have to wait a bit to see how all that happened. It's quite the story. Earth was becoming a crowded place. Not in a fun, oh let's have a party sort of crowded way, but in an uncomfortable dirty way, where almost every town and city was overpopulated, and you couldn't walk to the end of the road, or look out of your window without seeing a mass of other people, even if it was the middle of the night. Some would go out into the darkness just to try and find a bit of peace, but generally, a few thousand others had the same idea, so you weren't much better off. Those who could began to leave for quieter shores, escaping the cities to the pretty countryside and the beaches at home and abroad where there may not have been much work, but there was blissful space and quiet and, after all, if you're rich, you don't need to worry about money much anyway. The people in these more remote places were friendly enough to the newcomers, although sometimes they felt a bit sad that their peaceful lives would come to an end as the numbers increased, bit by bit, every year. There was great excitement one day because a plane doing a meteorological survey located a new island off the far coast of the Scottish Highlands. Strangely, it had never been seen before. The cloud cover had always been just too thick to see from the sky, and boats rarely travelled that way. Such was the excitement that a boat was set on a path to find out more. Reports suggested that it was craggy and, and misty, the only structure being an ancient lighthouse in need of some repair and it had just one inhabitant, the old lighthouse keeper, who was the owner of the island. He told them that the island was called Jirkak Roach, which means frosted berry on account of that being a common shrub. The lighthouse keeper was curious to hear how eager people might be to live on the island. He'd not seen how crowded the world had become, and even more intrigued that they would pay a hefty fee for the privilege. This was tempting. After all, lighthouses cost an awful lot of this modern money to maintain, and he had to confess that perhaps he could be lonely at times, so he said eventually, yes, 100 families could come as long as local customs were observed. The boat arrived with 100 families, keen to escape the dirt and the noise of the cities, and many had paid a very high price for the ticket. Such peaceful places on earth were rarer than diamonds. The lighthouse keeper greeted them warmly, not least as he had just become very rich himself with all those tickets sold, and he explained the most important rule for life on the island. When the mists come down, you must stay indoors. A bell will sound from the lighthouse. Folklore has it that if you venture out, the island will fall into the sea. The city folk looked at each other and giggled. It was the stuff of fairy stories. And where were all the folk if it was folklore? The lighthouse keeper was stern. Take heed. Anyone breaking the rule will be sent back to the city immediately. No refunds. But if we broke the rule, surely the island would disappear anyway, said one of the newcomers. But the lighthouse keeper wouldn't elaborate other than to say that a bell in the lighthouse would ring as the signal, and they must stay indoors until it rang once again for the all-clear. 
And so life for the newcomers began. It was thrilling to live somewhere so green and lush, with wild rocky coves full of pebbles and even a few sheep. For many had never seen animals in the wild. The news of a sheep would be passed around and the sheep would find itself being peered at by a hundred baffled men, women and children. The sun shone and skies were blue and for a while everything was peaceful. The newcomers kept out of the way of the lighthouse keeper. After all, he was rather strange, and he was happy enough with that state of affairs. But after a while, the newcomers decided that they missed some of the things from the cities and made arrangements for some deliveries. On a rare stroll into the village, he was surprised to see a coffee shop pop up amongst the new houses. He had never had a cup of coffee in his life. And then a gift shop. They had no visitors, so this was perplexing. One month, he took a walk and was surprised to see work beginning on a caravan park. Leisure centre as well, with what seemed to be an Olympic-sized swimming pool. What in heaven's name are you doing? He gasped. It's an opportunity, said one of the builders. Can't you see that? No one knew the island was even here until we came. We'll have them all flooding in. But I thought you wanted to get away from all of that, the lighthouse keeper said. But think of the possibilities. You're thinking of the money, you mean. And with that, the lighthouse keeper stomped away, grumbling into his beard. It just so happened that the day after this interchange, just before daybreak, the bell at the lighthouse began to toll. Thick mists had descended, so thick that it was impossible to see across the road. The newcomers were a little bewildered, but quite excited. Did they really have to stay indoors? It's probably best that we abide by the rules, said one. After all, the lighthouse keeper was quite upset at the plans for the leisure centre. He's really not going to like it when he finds out about the plans for the safari park. The others nodded, so they stayed indoors. The lighthouse keeper had provided ample supplies, and so it was comfortable enough but their fine plans had to be placed on hold for the moment. The bell did not ring again for a whole week, in which time the newcomers were getting really quite bored. It's all well and good not wanting to go out because the cities were too crowded, but to not be allowed? That was hard. Then the bell rang and the villagers returned to their lives and plans. The lighthouse keeper had much work to do to ensure ships stayed well away from the craggy shore. It wasn't just the safety aspect. He'd not been around so many people for such a long time, and on reflection, he wasn't sure that he liked it. More than ever, he was keen to avoid any more visitors. When he did take a stroll back to the newcomer's village some weeks later, he was alarmed to see that work on the safari park had begun. A number of leopards were putting the wind up the sheep, and a giraffe was bending to nibble at the frosted berries, which I have mentioned were quite common on this island. What the devil is going on? We're really going to put this island on the map. I've done a good job of keeping it off the map, thank you very much. The lighthouse keeper was beginning to regret his decisions. Even if it had meant his lighthouse had had some much-needed upgrades, including a lift to the top floor, after all, his knees were getting rather stiff. And would you believe it? The next morning, the bell went off again. In the morning mists once more, the villagers had to stay indoors. The soup-thick mists clung to the scrubby ground, and this time the lighthouse keeper's bell did not sound again for a month. The villagers became rather grumpy, 
Yes, they wanted to get away from the hustle and bustle, but the island was just so quiet. Over the year that followed, every time it seemed that just before the newcomers were able to begin an exciting new project, the thick mists would descend once more and everything would be put on hold again. I swear that old lighthouse keeper can change the weather to suit himself and punish us. But how can he? It's usually sunny here. Except for when he's in a mood, and folklore or not, we don't really have a choice about staying in. It really wouldn't be safe to walk around in the mist. They're so thick that you'd be in danger of falling off a cliff. Or bumping into a leopard, said another wearily. His plan for a leopard-petting cafe wasn't going well after an incident with an unlocked door. Well, you should have kept that door locked. The leopard couldn't have opened it. Have you ever had a cat? Such was the upset that the villagers decided to return to the cities. They missed the hustle and bustle and noise and being able to build safari parks and coffee shops without someone making the weather change and spoiling everything. The lighthouse keeper said that he was sorry to see them go and glorious sun accompanied their final days. And they shook hands in peace as the boats departed wobbling with crates of cappuccino and giraffes. And so it was. The lighthouse keeper smiled as he relaxed into his chair at the top of the lighthouse. He was getting old. Impossibly old, in fact. He was almost as old as the island itself, and had been its guardian from a time before lighthouses. He was as much a part of the land as the craggy rocks and the pebbly coves. So intertwined was he, that it didn't take much to whip up a wind or draw a mist down, or obscure sight of the island with cloud, and it had been interesting to see what human beings had come to, it having been such a long time. At his feet lay Leonard, the leopard. Leonard didn't want to be in a petting cafe, and so had evaded all efforts and hidden away until the boats had gone. The lighthouse keeper decided that Leonard should have a nice warm place to stay, and after all, the company was quite nice. He had to admit that he was a little lonely at times. Just not quite lonely enough for any more humans. Not for a while, at least. And that's the story of how there came to be a leopard in the lighthouse. Thanks for coming on a story quest with us. If you like that story, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. 